All right, everybody, now's the time. Brown right, motion, tailback slant. Let's put the women and children to bed and go looking for fucking dinner, all right? On one, ready? Ladies and gentlemen, what is up? Coming to you from the Cosa Nostra studios, I'm Matty Buller, and thank you for tuning in to Almost Wise Guys, week one of the NFL season. This is our third season of Almost Wise Guys, and uh, it is going to be a fantastic one. This episode is our look at the upcoming week one games all across the NFL, uh, and we are just fired up for this other season of NFL football and all the betting action that comes along with it. In this episode, we're going to cover our regular weekly picks, talk with the commission about your fantasy league. We've got a continuing segment called Total Prop Tease and also get to your news of the week. But first, with me, as always, from Almost Wise Guys Central, it's Andy, the prognosticator, Attridge. How you doing, brother? Matty, is it is it Christmas morning? Did, did Santa come last night? It's our Christmas morning. God bless us. Everyone. Oh my God! I am more excited than Nate Newton at a buffet, man. Every day is a holiday, and every meal's a banquet, baby. Yeah, like Eddie Lacy at an all-you-can-eat, baby. Yep, yep, indeed. And uh, if you've been following the podcast for the last two years, those running jokes will continue because I never get tired of Nate Newton and Eddie Lacy fat jokes. Of course not. So the preseason's ended, man. Yep. It's ended. The contracts have been signed, or at least most of them. Uh, the injury reports have been updated, and the 100th season of the National Football League has begun. It's lit! Much has happened since our last podcast. Lay it out for us, Andy. Well, the Raptors are the reigning world basketball champions. Go Toronto Raptors. Beauty. Tiger has reclaimed the green jacket. Amazingly, I can't get over that because I can't believe his back held out for four straight days. Yeah, and surprise, surprise, Antonio Brown is still a whiny little bitch. And almost $60,000 more poor due to uh, having being fined by Mike hey, Madoff and the organization. $54,000, okay? $54,000. I'm sure apparently he's allowed to pay it back in Bitcoin, so. Yeah, I'm sure he found that in the uh, seat in his Bentley. Call me Mr. Bitcoin. All right, enough procrastinating. Let's get to your news of the week. Bags of white powder seized as part of a huge drugs bust at uh, London's Gatwick Airport actually contained vegan cake ingredients, uh, or so say the British Transport Police. A member of the staff at a vegan restaurant with stores in London and Brighton was transporting a suitcase filled with bags of cake mix when it was seized by police Wednesday afternoon. The British Transport Police and UK Home Office subsequently tested the bags, suspecting them to contain illegal drugs, However, they did determine that the powder was, in fact, vegan cake mix. Dude, it's 2019. You can't throw a shake and bake label on your stash and hope that you'll get through customs with a Jedi mind trick. These aren't the droids you're looking for. Although they may be onto something with vegan cocaine. Finally, the University of Miami would have a healthy alternative for their recruits. Cocaine is a hell of a drug. <laughs> According to Australia's Nine News, a vegan woman filed a lawsuit against her meat-cooking neighbors. Scylla Cardin took the case against her next-door neighbors to the Supreme Court of Western Australia in late 2018. The Australian woman said they were deliberately interrupting her garden time by barbecuing meat 
smoking outdoors and letting our kids play basketball. So one of those things is not like the others. eh? Now, thousands of people have marked themselves as attending a community cookout outside this woman's home called Community Barbecue for Silla Carden on October 19th. Yeah, I heard that the barbecue is going to amplify things tenfold. So instead of barbecuing chicken, they're going to do kangaroo. Instead of smoking cigarettes, it will be 10 paper fatties. And forget basketball, man. Have you ever heard of the Hunger Games? Let's put another shrimp on the barbie. A Catholic school removes Harry Potter from its shelves, claiming the book's spells are real. On August 28th, Reverend Dan Rehill, the pastor at St. Edward Catholic School in Nashville, sent an email to school staff explaining his reasoning for removing the books from the school's library. These books present magic as both good and evil, which is not true, his letter reads. The curses and spells used in the books are actual curses and spells, which, when read by a human being, risk conjuring up evil spirits into the presence of the person reading its texts. Only in America would a children's book like Harry Potter get banned for something ludicrous like magic and sorcery, while guns remain very accessible to kids and nut jobs alike. Maybe if Harmony went nuts and started shooting up Hogwarts, Mitch McConnell might get off his ass and actually pass a restrictive gun bill. Hey, Maddie, you know what magic I'd like to see? What's I'd that? Like to see, I'd like to see Moscow Mitch make his chin reappear. hi All right, I've been waiting since February to say this. Let's fire it up. It's time for our weekly picks. So as stated before, we do not pick the Thursday night games because Thursday night football, with the exception of the home opener, usually stinks. So we uh, skip Thursday nights every week, but we pick every game that's on a Saturday or Sunday. And on the American Thanksgiving, for all of our American friends, we do a special American Thanksgiving podcast as well. So look forward to that. So we we make it up in Thanksgiving for the three Thursday games. This is our nonviolent protest, however, of the other Thursday games. But Sunday, uh, we do cover every game, and due to the plethora of off-season activity, week one is usually the hardest week to pick if you exclude week 17, where it's difficult to gauge the motivation levels. There will be no lack of motivation this week, though. Exactly. There have been a lot of changes in personnel across the league, new draft picks, even some new rules. Now, we're not making excuses in advance, but if anyone tells you they have everything locked up, guess again. The uh, plaque for the alternates is down in the ladies' room. Skull Vikings, let's win this game. Skull Vikings, honor your name. Go get that first down, then get a touchdown. Rock up, suck up, fight, 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 fight. All right, first we go to the state full of lakes. It's uh, the Minnesota Vikings taking on the Atlanta Falcons. And the Vikes are three-and-a-half-point favorites at home. And I can't figure this line out. Andy, can you? Um, yeah. You know, it, it started off around Because four, Minnesota, does have a high de- Minnesota does have a high degree <laughs> of sucking, though. Yeah, Mo, that team sure did suck last night. They just plain sucked. I've seen teams suck before, but they were the suckiest bunch of sucks that ever sucked. Uh, well, they did last season. But if you remember the season before, they you know came within uh, one play of the NF, uh, NFC Championship yeah, game. Yeah, with, with Case Keenum. With not, Case Keenum. Not, not dipshit McGee with all the money. Yeah, now uh, now you got 
uh, Mr. Cousins under center. Uh, Minnesota has become a run-focused team. They've officially announced uh, their new offensive coordinator in Kevin Stefanski, who's very highly respected and really likes his running game. Uh, he was actually interim OC at the end of last season, and you can tell just by Adam Thielen's past receptions dropping off so dramatically his love for the running game. So I'm really looking for Dalvin Cook to have a big day. Last year, Atlanta had a 25th-ranked rushing defense um, and also 27th last year against the pass. So who knows? Yeah, but, you know, Atlanta's always had a pretty crappy defense, but they've more than made up for it with their offense. Uh, they still have Matt Ryan. They still have Julio Jones and also Calvin Ridley, right? Yep. And Mohamed Sanu, um, tight end Austin Hooper, pro bowler, tight end. And then you've got uh, a dual threat back with Devontae Freeman. I mean, you give a guy like Matt Ryan, and by the way, let's not gloss over the fact that Matt Ryan, uh, because the Viking, or pardon me, the Falcons GMs and front office are, are smarter than the average, they have stocked up a pretty good old line as well. So Matt Ryan does have time to throw with all those. Uh, I, I, they're playing in a dome in Minnesota, just like they do in Atlanta. And I know yep. that they're on the road. I, the hook on this one, the half point, really makes me want to lean toward Atlanta. Can you talk me off that stool, or are you with me? Well, it, I wouldn't call it a hook because the, the line went from four to three and a half as opposed to three to three and a half. So I don't know if uh, there's a lot of money coming in on um, on Atlanta, but I really like I really like this spot for Minnesota here. They usually get off to a hot start in September. Um, by the way, they, Minnesota last year had the league's third best passing defense. So all the guys he mentioned on the outside uh, as receiving weapons for Matt Ryan, they're going to get shut down, and it's going to be loud in there. Um, I don't mind taking the hook, so I'm, my, my vote here is with the Minnesota Vikings. Well, first game of the season, and, uh, well, I'll be uh, disagreeing with you. I'm taking the Atlanta Falcons. <laughs> we go to South Beach. We're bringing the heat where the Miami Dolphins are at home against the Baltimore Ravens. Miami sitting at six and a half point underdogs. Can Fitzmagic overcome this six and a half points? Or uh, will Lamar Jackson and company uh, just roll into Miami and roll out with an easy W? What do you think, Andy? Well, let's take a closer look at this. Uh, the Dolphins did a heck of a lot of house cleaning in the, at the end of the offseason, in fact. They got rid of veterans um, like Kiki Alonso, uh, left tackle Laramie Tunzel, and wide receiver Kenny Stills. So these personnel decisions uh, raised a lot of eyebrows, and it had the appearance uh, that these guys were looking to tank. Tank for Tua. Tank for Tua, but I guarantee you that's not what Brian Flores wants to do. Um, these guys always get off to a hot start in September. Uh, and when I say hot, I check the game time temp. It's supposed to be 90 degrees. And then now let's let's consider the fact that they've won eight, six out of the last eight games at home. And that list includes the Patriots and your Bears from last year. Now, Baltimore is doubling down on a scrambling quarterback with Lamar Jackson um, after getting rid of Flacco. But their backup, RG3. So I hope their O-line's ready to do some serious blocking. Uh, they've also added Mark Ingram in the backfield, so they're going to have a really potent running game this year. Um, 
Now, the Ravens will be without the services of all-pro outside linebacker Terrell Suggs, who had been the anchor and the heart of their defense for many years, including two Super Bowls. However, they did pick up a certain guy named Earl Thomas, who's now in their defensive secondary. Yeah, but one thing about the Ravens... Well, first of all, let me get to Miami, because I do hate Miami for certain reasons. The main reason that they were the only team to hand my 85 Bears a loss in 1985. Wow, um, dude. Yeah. You hold a grudge, don't I you? I hold big grudges. However, Andy, we do love our home dogs, don't we? I I don't like this home dog. I love this home dog. Oh, my God. Six oh, and a I'll half points at home for the first game of <laughs> yeah. the year when these guys are amped up. Come oh, on, no, even no kidding, man. And uh, I'll tell you this. Now too. the line did start at seven, so hopefully you got it early. But even at six and a half, um, you know, it's got a low total, right? They're figuring thirty-seven and a half points scored, so it's not going to be a, a high-scoring affair. So every point means a lot. Six well, and a half, please, please, I'll take that all day. I I am waiting for Lamar Jackson to turn into the pumpkin that I know he is. Because just like Kyler Murray, who we'll talk about later, I don't think he's big enough to play in the NFL. And I think that running quarterbacks uh, have a very, very short shelf life and cost their team a lot of games due to injuries. Yeah, they might win you one or two games here and there with their legs. But I think in the long run, it ends up becoming a detriment. So I like Miami here. I I mean, they did uh, have a little bit of a fire sale with some of their talent. And I hope that their old line can still uh, stack up. However, they still have some offensive weapons, and I'm hoping that, you know, six and a half points at home, like these guys are going to be amped up for the first game of the season. Yeah, and as far as Lamar Jackson goes, they, I think, I think the league has learned its lessons on guys like uh, RG3 and Michael Vick and, you know, the potential for injury and on uh, scramble plays when you're doing 11 or 12 a game. I think they're going to keep the reins on him, and I don't think he's going to get out of the pocket any more than five or six. Times. I call bullshit on that, dude. Okay, you can't you can't stop a horse from running, my friend. This guy, this guy. The last time I remember a quarterback running like uh, Lamar Jackson was Randall Cunningham. I mean, this guy takes off the minute he doesn't see anything. He does his primary read, maybe gets to his secondary read, and if he sees. The uh, the tackle box breakdown. He's gone. He but Randall Cunningham gone. was six foot four. Well, with that, his long antelope like strides. I oh, mean, that dude. guy could take a that guy could take a hit. Also, and I'm not an Eagles fan, but I loved Randall Cunningham back in the day. That dude was tough as they come. Hey, and how he about took- punching? Punching on third down? Are you kidding me? <laughs> exactly. Yeah, exactly. Also, let's let's not forget too that the Ravens. Uh, I don't think with their defense, Ray Lewis is coming through that door. I don't think Ed Reed is coming through that door. And they Terrell are sh- Suggs definitely is not coming, coming through, through that, that door. door. Terrell Suggs might not even fit through that door. <laughs> There's another uh, Eddie Lacy, Nate Newton type fat joke. How about them apples? Right. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm taking the Dolphins at home. Dolphins. It's up to you. All right, on to the city that never sleeps. In a New York minute, you're going to watch the New York Jets uh, play host to the Buffalo Bills. This is a division rivalry, uh, albeit not the greatest one. The Jets are three-point favorites at home. Uh, I'm kind of expecting some big things, though, this year or a step forward 
from Buffalo QB, uh, Josh Allen. What about you? Well, first off, like when were the last time the Jets were favored in week one of a season? I don't know. Joe um, Namath was probably their quarterback. Yeah, in the, the early 70s. Uh, maybe Vinny Testaverde. I'll tell you. Uh, yeah, maybe. Maybe. Jets fan, but they're super excited. This year, <laughs> they've got a new GM, a new head coach, and they've got new uniforms. And, of course, the addition of Mr. Le'Veon Bell to their roster. Now, couple that with the exciting play of Sam Darnold from last season, and you have a recipe for something pretty good. Now, their wide receiver, Robbie Anderson, the top wide receiver, a little banged up, and he's going to be an unrestricted free agent at the end of this season. So I'm looking for him to have a big year. Buffalo, one of the worst offenses uh, the NFL has ever seen last year. Um, yeah, but- poor Nate Peterman. He goes, he's Buffalo, and now he's with the the Raiders. Good grief. Oh, my God. Yeah, we'll get on to that in a second. Um, But they still have the second-ranked, best-ranked defense in the league. Yeah, Buffalo's Um, got a hungry young set of lads on D. mm -hmm, Hungry. mm -hmm. And they played lights out last year. They were the only reason Buffalo was in games. Oh, absolutely. Um, Now, the Bills have added my man, Frank Gore, to their backfield. From the U. From the U, but unfortunately, he predates the forward pass in the league. Yeah, he is old. (laughs) So who knows how much gas he has left on his tank? Although we see that every year about him, and he just continues to produce. Because they obviously cut Shady McCoy, which I thought was a little curious. um, But they did sign Cole Beasley, um, the go-to guy in Big D for the last couple years. So Dallas definitely going to miss him, but he'll be a a welcome addition to that, uh, that pretty thin uh, outside part of their, their wide receiving lineup. Now, I think this game's going to be pretty close. I mean, it's um, got a pretty low over-under. We're under 40 here. It's 38 and a half. Yeah, you're no, over-under. Three's, three's a good number. Three's a good number, but I, I just I kind of like the home team here. Um, yeah, opening week as well. I like what the Jets did in the offseason. Like you said, Le'Veon Bell, that's got to be worth six points a game right there. And you're right, <laughs> well, same- not quite, but... Well, uh, he'll add some few wrinkles that they they haven't had access to uh, in quite some time. That's what I mean. He's if you give a quarterback like Sam Darnold, who's a good young talent, mm-hmm. surround him with some other good young talents. Mm-hmm. You're gonna you're gonna get a positive result. The Jets weren't horrible last year, but they were the Jets still. Uh, but I expect them to take a step forward this year. The Bills. I am looking uh, forward to watching Josh Allen and uh, company do their thing, and I think that. Uh, they're a 500 team this year. I, I could see the I could see them doing 500, but I, I think the Jets come in here and uh, with a three point even, I'll, I'll take them. Yeah, over the last couple of seasons, they've had a tremendous record against the spread at home. So three points, whatever. Don't worry about it. This is our house. Hey, you, you can't mess with the big cats. Big dogs, balls, holes, break them off like Kit Kats. Hut one, hut two, let me get that. JYD coming up with the big And now here's the first real spread of the season we're going to get to that perplexes me like, at, like none other. The Jacksonville Jaguars at home against Kansas City. And Jacksonville's only a three-point underdog. I'm sorry, did Kansas City have a fire sale? Because I don't remember that. Um, no, but the Jags now have a legitimate quarterback. 
uh, not named Bortles, right? Yeah, Big Dick uh, Nick. Big Dick Foles, yeah. Super Bowl MVP, Nick Foles. Uh, and their defense is essentially intact as it has been for a while with names like Jalen Ramsey, Miles Jack, Clayus Campbell leading the way. Now they've added defensive end uh, rookie Josh Allen, not to be confused, but he was last year's SEC Defensive Player of the Year. So they had a great defense, and it just got a little bit better. Now for you Chiefs, you've got your golden boy, Patrick Mahomes. With my my quarterback, TVs. by the way, for my fantasy teams, Pat Mahomes. So, yeah, he I'm, needs I'm to sure have you, a big game. Yeah, you wasted a first-round pick on him too, didn't you? No, second-round pick. Uh, all right, fair enough. Uh, Travis fair enough. Kel- I got Travis Kelsey in the first round. Well, let's look at the defense for a second. They're going to be without the services now of Justin Houston and linebacker D. Ford, who signed with my Niners in the offseason. Well, that's good. He can go offside for your Niners then, and uh, if he wasn't there, perhaps uh, they would have been in the Super Bowl. Perhaps. Yeah, they would have been. Um, now, ha- however, they do. They did pick up Shady McCoy, who isn't exactly at the same level as last year's Kareem Hunt, but he is a little less of a girlfriend beater. So you got to give him that. Well, I mean, anybody that is less of a girlfriend beater obviously gets my nod for the good guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, I also like Shady McCoy. I thought Shady McCoy looked great last year, and especially with Williams being the primary back in KC, it's going to give Andy Reid more options and expect to see Shady McCoy get a few more reps in as this, as as the first and second and third games go in. He's going to get more and more because it's going to be quick for him to pick up Andy Reid's offense because remember, he's being reunited with Andy Reid uh, from their time in Philadelphia. So it shouldn't take McCoy long to learn the lingo, to learn the plays. And I thought he's I think Shady's still got a lot of gas left in the tank. So uh, he might be a good little pickup in your fantasy league, if he's still on the waiver wire, probably isn't. Okay, I'm going to make one of the biggest prognostications of the season for this game, okay? All right, let's hear it. Drum roll, please. Game time temperature, 96 degrees Fahrenheit. Yikes. Picture Andy Reid in 96 degrees Fahrenheit. I expect that during halftime, he goes up into that pool or that hot tub that they have on the top level, and he cools off uh, with a bunch of other, you know, bigger gentlemen. I honestly hope that Andy Reid is sponsored by Telk so that he can get as much talcum powder down in that uh, taint area as possible. Because I, I can't even imagine the amount, the amount of anal butter this guy cooks up. Uh, don't, don't even get me started. But How about that for I'll some th- imagery? Radio that's, that's, is theater of the mind. I, I, hopefully I don't need to eat again today. Thank you very much. Now, I did. The, the, I saw this line, and I had a big, juicy, this was a big, juicy burger for, for Andy Boy over here. I love Jacksonville at plus three. Are you kidding me? It was at plus three and a half. I still like them at plus three. Um, I think this is a gift because, again, you know, these Florida teams, they typically win at home in September, especially with the heat. Andy, Kansas, Andy no, I'm not. sorry. Did you do mescaline before we decided to record a show? Because that's very unprofessional of you. Hey, there's three kinds of people in this world. Guys that understand math and guys that don't. Yeah, we both have the same economics degree from the same university, so put us on par there. All right, so there you go. <laughs> Nick Foles, Super Bowl winning MVP. Uh, Leonard Fournette in the backfield. I'm taking these guys at home with three points every day of the week. <sighs> well, once again, we're going to have to agree to disagree, my friend, because I've got KC all day.
Carolina, where, uh, well, Cam Newton is uh, hopefully healed up and ready to go because he's taken on the L.A. Rams. Unfortunately for the Rams, though, they got to go from the left coast all the way to the right coast. And uh, that usually doesn't uh, fare well for those left coast teams. But Carolina, only two and a half point underdogs at home in week one. What do you think about this? Well, first off, speaking of the Rams, can I get my money back from the Super Bowl? Oh, good grief. Like, Talk I, about being I love, exposed. I love great defense. Don't get me wrong, but that was just bad offense. Oh, yeah. that was. Don't confuse the two. Yeah, and for having a brainchild like Sean McVay at the helm, you would think that he'd be able to go in at halftime at least and make some adjustments. But if he did make some adjustments, let me tell you something. They sucked. They sucked. And uh, hi, you got a guy named Todd Gurley. Maybe you want to give him the ball a couple times? Yeah. I don't know. Just, just maybe brainstorming Maybe here. not have him be on an exercise bike. I'll tell you this, though. Maybe this year a good prop bet might be that Todd Gurley is the champion of yards gained on the exercise bike. Hey, I'm down with that one. I wonder what the over-under would be. Who knows? But I'll take it. thousand yards. But seriously, uh, Panthers finished 27th in the league last year in sacks. But now they've gone from a 4-3 to a 3-4 scheme, and they've added guys like Gerald McCoy, Bruce Irvin, and an outside linebacker rookie, Brian Burns. And this is going to be a unit that already includes Mario Addison, Shaq Thompson, and Luke Keekley. Their defense is going to be the ones carrying them. Well, them and, and Mr. McCaffrey. Um, let me, let me Let me say this, though. Uh, it even happened to my Bears when they flipped over from a 4-3 to a 3-4. Anytime, almost, and I, I did some looking up, and I couldn't find one when I went back 15 years where a team flipped from 3-4 to 4-3 or 4-3 to 3-4 mm-hmm. where they had a, a decent year on defense. It always, especially in the first six to eight weeks, it takes them a while to get in that new system, no matter who the personnel well, you got to figure a guy with Luke, a guy like Luke Keekley will have some uh, some influence on his fellow line mates. But oh, he um, will he will impact. But you also got to remember too with linebackers uh, when you go to a thirty four, it's so if you're at a four three, your Mike backer he's like your sideline to sideline like a Michael Sing- Singletary, Dick Buckus. Yeah. Notice how I'm naming Bears, but yeah, you know yeah, you've got course. the guys that go to hey man, the original uh, middle linebacker was actually Sam Huff. For the right. New York Giants, uh, to when Tom Landry was defensive coordinator for the New York Giants, so that goes back a long way. So Mike, the the Mike backer, usually your linebackers have a little more influence, especially your Mike backer, when you're talking about how they dictate the play of defense. In a thirty-four, it's more your outside linebackers that are dictating, like a you know a, a Lawrence Taylor, for example, right, or you know yep. an Al or a, a Khalil Mack. Well. Regardless of whether they're doing three four or four three, I think Cam's still going to be just fine. He's not going to he's not going to throw any games away. He'll they'll still be punching through to the end. Big tough guy. I know that there's issues with his ankle, but he'll he'll be fine. I, I like Carolina with the points at home. All right. Wow. This is just a this record for podcast disagreements is. I think we're setting the record already this early into the show. Yeah, I, dude, I, the Rams have done on defense. The Rams didn't do anything but keep the guys they had, which is a good thing. And even though I'm a big Khalil Mack guy, I think the Rams have the best defensive player in the league, bar none. His name is oh, Aaron with that. freaking Donald. And yeah. I'll tell you what, Cam Newton 
and his bum foot or bum leg or whatever it is, he better be ready to take a Tom Brady dive because Aaron Donald is coming to visit him multiple times on Sunday. I'm taking the Rams. Was that a, was that a Michael Strahan reference? Uh, well, that was uh, he. He did the uh, that was oh, no, that Brett Favre. Favre. Took the dive on that one. Yeah. That was Brett Favre. Sorry, that was Brett Favre. My, my fault. All right, so um, yeah, there's people that like home dogs, and then there's people that are wrong. So all right. Look, I know what I told you to do, but when I told you to do that, I was rude. <laughs> Ralph, I was rude. I was not exactly right. What do you mean, not right? I mean, not right. I don't get you. You mean you were wrong? Cleveland rocks! Cleveland rocks! Cleveland rocks! Cleveland rocks! to the mistake by the lake which might actually be in for a year this year they've got a football team that's generating a lot of hype and because of that hype they're actually five and a half point favorites at home against the visiting tennessee titans and uh, marcus Mariota for tennessee this is a do or die year for him isn't it well he's got tan hell breathing down his throat right now so yep. uh yeah he's gonna have to perform it, it is it is one of those seasons where it's you know I give him three weeks. If he doesn't have a good week in the first like one to three weeks, he's out. Well, let's go back to your earlier comment about how hyped up everyone is on these Browns. Um, I'm not in that camp. Yeah, of course they upgraded their. That's because uh, you're on mescaline. We've discussed this earlier. Is this fear and <laughs> is this fear and loathing in Kitchener Waterloo? No, no, it's not mescaline, man. This is like the 2000s. It's crack. I'm gonna tell you something about me, Joe Rogan, that you might not know. I smoke rock. No, I don't. Cleveland minus five and a half. When was the last time there were five and a half point favorites anywhere on any week? And Tennessee's a sneaky team, man. You know that they were they they were they covering are. machines last year. They were um, they were covering machines. And five and, and a half points. They just is, found a way to win. Yep. And let's see. Cleveland had I don't. They had two ties. Okay, last yep. season. Yeah. And I don't know how many wins were by a field goal. Yeah, but Hugh Jackson uh, was their coach for, uh, and 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 Todd Haley, they're done now. They're done. They're right. Done. And yeah. also think about this: they had their only real receiver was Jarvis Landry, and that guy lit the league up. Now Baker Mayfield's also got Odell Beckham Jr., possibly the only guy in league history that catches the ball better with one hand than he does with two. Like, oh, oh you didn't see the Cam Newton thing. Dude, he set a record for uh, the the most ca- one-handed catches in a minute with fifty-one. Are you That's kidding how amped me? Up that guy is for the season. Wow. Yeah. Well, let me tell you this: if you've got OBJ on one side and Jarvis Landry on the other side, and you're a defensive coordinator facing him, who are you going to double? You can't because they instead of having a one a number one receiver and a number two receiver, Cleveland's got two number one receivers. They revamped their old line. So Baker Mayfield's going to have plenty of protection. As long as Baker Mayfield takes a step forward this year, Cleveland is going to be competitive for the top of that division with uh, the Pittsburgh Steelers. And remember, the Steelers this year, they lost 
AB. So all they got is Juju Smith, Schuster, and Ben Roethlisberger, and a depleted O-line. I like Cleveland. I mean, five and a half points to me is pushing it. I'm right on the boundary with five, and that's why Vegas is so good setting lines. Do you remember who they signed to help Nick Chubb in the backfield? The guy's name was Kareem Hunt. Okay? Yes, right. Okay. He's, he's a horrible. No, I agree that he's a horrible so girlfriend Karma beater. Is a bitch. Yeah. Karma is a bitch. But it usually doesn't take place in the NFL. Otherwise, OJ wouldn't be the first 2,000 yard rusher. He'd be the king of stabbing two people in one night. Hey, tour of the world is me, yours truly. That's true. But Ray Lewis also has two Super Bowl rings, and, you know, it's not he's exactly like guy. he's got a clean record. Yeah. I, I don't um, know, man. I, no. Yeah, well, Kareem Hunt isn't eligible to play in the first week, is he? He's not. Oh, no, he's out for six weeks. Six weeks. Eight weeks, is he not? No, I think it's six. But six weeks. Anyway, they still have him on the roster. Um, Delaney Walker could easily end up being one of the best tight ends in the league this year. Um, I'm looking for him to see a lot of action uh, from Mariota. I just, and they've got a great running game, too. No, I'm, oh, I'm, even though they're on the road, I'm, I'm going to take the five and a half points. I'm going Tennessee. And I am going to go against every fiber of my being because I never thought I'd say this, but I'm going to take the Browns with five and a half points. Check on me on Monday and see if I'm still alive. Yeah, I'll send you that some of that mescaline through the mail. On to the city of brotherly love, where we have a college football spread in effect. Philadelphia taking on the professional football team from Washington. And Philly are 10-point favorites with a 46-point over-under. Wow, that is a big spread for an NFL game. No, that's a big boy spread, uh, especially for a divisional game, especially for an NFC East divisional game, where I thought it was legislated that it couldn't be more than a field goal. Talk about juicy lines. This is the juiciest of all juicy. Um, oh, I couldn't agree with you more, buddy. They've got Washington now has Case Keenum, who's going to essentially going to be a placeholder until Dwayne Haskins becomes our starter. But as we mentioned earlier, the case Keenum took the Vikings there into the playoffs. Yep. Um, not the worst quarterback ever. Not the worst quarterback ever. I know that they're going to miss Trent Williams at left tackle. That's going to hurt. That's, that's a big, that's a big gap in the front, but 10 points. I don't care what Philadelphia has up their sleeve. Um, you know, Josh McCown's their backup. He's number two to Carson Wentz. And you know Carson Wentz is going to go down. It's just a matter of uh, not if, but when. Not only that, what did that, What in Sam Hell did he do to earn all of that money other than sit on IR for a couple years? Uh, it was. I, I guess it was based on his college stats. No, speaking of people on Mescaline, talk to the Philly front office. Because I don't know what they were huffing. But I'll tell you this, man. I wouldn't be extending a guy that can't stay on the field for a whole season. And then All get they rid of Nick Foles at the same time. Like, thank God they still have Alshon Jeffrey. Uh, that guy's got more moves oh, than X-Lax. Oh, you like because he's an ex-Bear. Well, I would like him a lot more if he was still on the Bears because that guy's got great hands with the exception of, I guess, when it counted last year and he had to make that catch. <laughs> <laughs> oh, come on, man. Yeah, I know. It sucks when people keep bringing up your failures, but if you don't want that, don't play in the NFL. I'm definitely taking the uh, professional football team from Washington here. I'm not going to overthink this at all. Ten points in a divisional game is way too many. 
going going with the uh, the foreskins there. I mean, Washington, the professional football team from Washington. And we go from one NFC East matchup to another NFC East matchup. The Dallas Cowboys at home against the New York Giants. Dallas seven and a half point favorites. And Zeke got paid. 50 mil guaranteed, 90 million in total. And uh, he's been in Cabo, though, for a while. You think he's in shape and ready to go for game one? Do you think he's seven and a half points worth of shape? Well, let, let, let me back the truck up. Let's let's pretend that the spread was at seven and, and Zeke hadn't been signed. I loved the Giants in that spot. I, I do too. I liked the Giants in that spot. When I heard that Zeke was coming back, the line still stuck at seven. And then I loved the line. And now that it's seven and a half, I think this is my favorite spread of the week. Most definitely. You got to remember that. Say, he's going to have, he's, he's going to have rust on it. But yep. worse than that, he has created and a level of animosity in that locker room. Oh, you're too good to come to uh, spring training. You're too good to show up to practice. Oh, you're going to get paid more than any other running back in the history of the league. Oh, you're just better than everyone. And Jerry Jones absolutely caved. And that's what Jerry Jones always does. And that's why he hasn't won a Super Bowl since the Clinton administration. I know you don't think you're good enough for me, but believe me, you are. Hell, I've done it with pigs. <laughs> Real no fooling pigs. Bro, no joke, man. I and you fully can, agree. You compare the situation to last year with Le'Veon Bell because it was almost identical. And what did the Rudy family do? Nah, got, whatever. Got Connor. Next got man Connor. up. Next man James up. Because that's what the, that's what the Rooney's do. The Rooney's are awesome managers. Right. And, you know, same thing with Antonio Brown. Guys with cancer in the locker room, get rid of them. Get them out. Don't eat it. And so now Jerry Jones is in a, a, a tight spot because he still has to sign uh, Mr. Rain Dakota Prescott. Yeah. Not to mention, uh, I believe uh, Cooper is also. Uh, yes. Amari Cooper. And he's year. banged up right now, too. Yep. Um, I, I, I do expect him to start on Sunday. But what did the Giants do in the offseason that was like this? This is the biggest spread between these two teams in 10 years. Yeah, and like you said, NFC East spreads usually three, three and a half points. Yeah, at seven with the hook. Oh. Uh, also, let's uh, let's not uh, gloss over the fact that Dakota Prescott thinks he's worth uh, forty million a year. And let me tell you something: if Dakota Prescott held out, I'd be the same as if Zeke held out. If I was Jerry Jones, I would have told Zeke to go get bent. Because, yeah. by the way, the worst comparison I've ever heard is people talking about Emmett Smith and how Emmett Smith oh. held out, and then they signed him and they go to the Super Bowl. Super that Bowl, was in yeah. the '90s, '92, when, yeah. when uh, people or when teams built the running attack to be a major feature of the game. You still had backs that were carrying the ball 30, 35 times a game. Yeah. That isn't the case anymore. The running back now is more like a Marshall Falk uh, back where you've got a guy that can run a bit, but he's also going to catch passes out of the backfield. They're but not there is one exception to that rule, and his name is Saquon Barkley. Yeah, and well, I guarantee you that he gets yes. 30 yards more rushing on the ground than Zeke does in that same game. Yeah, and also that will uh, maintain a lot of ball control. And don't for, let's not gloss over. The clock uh, down. Yeah, yeah, that'll bring the clock down. And let's not also gloss over the fact that uh, New York's defense is actually pretty damn good. I I, uh, I like the are. Giants here. 
as long as that stays seven with the hook. Yeah, I love it. Loving it. Let's go. Our next game takes us to the Pacific Northwest, where the Seattle Seahawks, the shithawks, as I like to call them, nine and a half point favorites over the Cincinnati Bengals. And I know the Bungles are going to bungle, but nine and a half points. That's a lot for week one. It is. It is. Uh, especially considering that Cincinnati does not have the services of A.J. Green this week. But they do have a new coach in Zach Taylor, who used to be the quarterback whisperer for the Rams. So there's high expectations for that guy. They've also added, uh, well, not added, but defensive end Carl Lawson, who was drafted fourth uh, out of Auburn two years ago, is returning after a big ACL injury, which kept him sidelined for most of last season. But that guy can be a difference maker on defense. And, um, yeah, Seattle lost Earl Thomas. So there's two big factors right there on the defensive side of the ball. But just going back to this number, I don't care what two teams in the NFL you're going to pit against each other. That's just too big a spread. I'm sorry. The last I checked, Cincinnati still has a professional football team. Um, Seattle's in the conversation all the time about, um, you know, contending for the NFC championship, possibly even going to the Super Bowl. And in fact, that's the case every year. Uh, I don't believe that they've downgraded much other than the Earl Thomas thing. However, they did pick up a guy named Clowney. Yeah, last week, Jadavian, and that scares the hell out of me. Yeah, Jadavian Clowney, because you're a Niners fan. That yeah, should I can't scare the hell out of you. Division, no, twice twice a year to see that crazy bastard. No, no, no. I'm and I'm sure that Jimmy Garoppolo will be losing sleep over yeah, Jadavian. Like, be. I, I'll tell you what, if I was a professional quarterback and I knew I had to play Jadavian Clowney twice in one year, I'd be cursing the heavens. I'd be getting the flu twice a year. Although I still don't think it's worth nine and a half points. It's not worth nine and a half points. I don't think it's, yeah, <laughs> you, you can't overthink this one, right? No, I mean, no, no, no. It's just let's, nine and a half points. It's week let's one. Let's not overanalyze. Okay, but well, I will say this. Joe Mixon, running back for Cincinnati, is going to have a big game. And yep. I think the whole core of running backs from Seattle, I wouldn't be surprised if collectively they put up over 300 yards on the ground. You heard it so, here first. Big heard rushing first. game for uh, the Bungles, which will take yep. a lot of pressure off Andy, the redhead QB. Yep. Right on. So I'm going Bengals, as are you. Mm-hmm. Walk like an Egyptian. San Diego, Superchargers, San Diego, All right, on to Los Angeles, where the Los Diego Chargers are taking on the Indianapolis Colts. And Los Diego, six and a half point favorites at home. Um, Hey, Matty, I can't remember. Did something happen in the offseason for the Colts? Uh, yeah, I believe they had a significant retirement. Was it the uh, government? No, I, like, it was like on eighth page news in the sports section. But yeah, what, was would, it, what was it again? Uh, the governor retired, maybe? I, I just Oh, Andrew Jim Irsay. Was it Jim Irsay? Did he retire? Yeah, we, we all wish Jim Irsay oh. retired. <laughs> yeah, he hasn't retired. He's just out getting more DUIs. Right. With hookers. With hookers. <laughs> and blow. <laughs> um, and he'd fit so, right in right. in Miami. Let's talk about the elephant in the room, okay? Now's the time. Nate uh, I believe Maddie and I have differing opinions on this. Um, why don't you start, Matt? All right. Let's go with Los Diego at first. 
Uh, no, 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 no. Let's talk about the Andrew Luck thing before we even talk about this game. Okay. If you want to get into the Andrew Luck thing, here's the deal. I played, and I played at a pretty decent level, and I will never, ever fault a player for uh, getting out when they feel it's time, when you no longer have the love for the game, when you can't get out of bed without injuries. Like, this guy had a, had a lacerated kidney that left him piss and blood, or liver was it? One of the two. Not to mention this, the shoulder injury. Um, he's had the neck the, injury. The neck injury. That now he's got the calf. And I mean, we saw with no, in the he's NBA been how like the six million dollar man. I I don't question that. And I all don't before the age decision. of all before the age of thirty. Okay, but the only thing I question is his timing of it. You can see a guy like Gronk, who right as soon as the season ends, says to his team, "I'm not coming back next year." So draft accordingly, by the way. Okay? But do you not do you not feel that Gronk had a much easier decision to make than Luck? If yeah, I'm Gronk, he's got, he's got ring, rings. Yeah, he's got and, three rings. And and he's put up Hall of Fame numbers already yeah. in his career. So okay. he's a lock. Well, as I say, he's got nothing the timing to of it. It was I'm sorry, I don't want to go there, but it's sort of a millennial thing. Like I'll just do what I want to do whenever I want to do it and screw everyone else. See, I'll disagree with that in that I imagine that this guy struggled with this decision, and I think the calf thing yeah, was a straw that broke. Yeah, but he struggled with it in February as well. Why of, wait till the end of, of course, August of to course. drop and, this bomb And by the, the way, by the way, the uh, team did know that he was struggling it with it in the offseason, and I think the calf injury with the way things were going in camp, he just like woke up one morning, and I, I, I think he figured it out. So I, I, I agree with you that if you're a Colts fan, this sucks, but that guy doesn't owe you a damn thing. Matty, I think for this one, we're going to have to appeal to a higher power, and that higher power is none other than Ronnie Lott. And what do you think Ronnie Lott would say about this? Ronnie Lott, Ronnie Lott. had half his finger amputated to make sure that he was in the lineup for week one for the 49ers. Yeah, but dude, it's a much different era. Ronnie Lott, by the way, it what's a fucking pinky. But I mean, he's also Ronnie Lott. <laughs> what's a pinky? Well, he's not a quarterback. He doesn't throw with it. And the guy, what is he going out to play Spanish guitar tomorrow in a band? Well, I mean, he might be having uh, tea with the queen. And how are you supposed to do that? Without I guarantee you, if Ronnie Lott, you put him in this day and age with what he knows, Ronnie Lott's a smart guy. I'm not so sure about it, right? Because we're talking, you can't compare eras anymore, man. Because I'd like to bring up Steve Atwater sometimes. That guy'd be suspended more than he'd be on the field. You well, know? He learned that so would Lawrence Taylor. Well, yeah. Well, that and spitting on guys. <laughs> All right, let's talk about. The I loved Romo. Was Romo was the best. I know that that guy was a cantankerous douche, but I well, loved I, Romo. I he had, played I hard, and I loved him for a couple of years. But I, he did actually get a ring with us, so I'm not gonna I'm not gonna diss him that much. But yeah, we do have to go. Uh, we have to talk about the game, I guess, since we've uh, digressed into this whole Andrew Luck thing. And I mean, we'll have to agree to disagree on that one, but. Uh, at six and a half points at home, do the Chargers even really have home games? Does they anybody show and, up to watch? Fact, they, I think they, they just no. pipe in crowd noise, not so that, you know, it's louder for the other team. They pipe in the crowd noise, I think, so people at home watching think that there's people in the seats. Well, it's not even called a stadium now. They're calling it a, a sports park. because ah. It's got seating capacity of about 20,000. Um, this line was at three uh, before the Andrew Luck decision was made. Before that was pub. Now it's gone to six and a half. Now, okay. J Jacoby Brissett, say what you want about the guy, but let's remember what team he came from. And that was the New England Patriots. 
And that was at a Bill Belichick decision to include that guy in the team. So the guy probably has something good going for him. Now, last I checked, uh, their offensive line, the Colts offensive line last season, gave up an NFL low 16 sacks. I'd, I'd put That's, them up in the top five in the league. I'd put them in the top three, possibly the top two. Ooh, so that's in go. place. Check. Wide receiver, T.Y. Hilton. Check. Tight ends, Eric Ebron, Jack Doyle. Check and check. Guess what? Run, running back Marlon Mack, who's only 92 yards shy of rushing for $1,000 last season and missing four games. And, in the lineup. And, sharing, and sharing carries for the rest of the year, too. Marlon Mack's a stud. Absolutely. I, I picked him up in my draft yesterday. I couldn't be any happier than that. Uh, than I was. That was well, good. You are a and smart, you're a smart man when you're not doing mescaline. Pardon? You're a smart man when you're not doing mescaline. Oh, I am. Now, let's look <laughs> at the charges. Melvin Gordon is holding out still, unsigned. I don't know how much leverage this guy thinks he has, but when you're playing the Patriots in the playoffs, maybe you want to get more than 15 yards on nine rushes. That will give you leverage. Yeah, also uh, a qu quite a big disparity last year at their home record versus their away record. Well, yeah, uh, the Chargers were seven and one on the road, uh, but five and three five, at home. A, a respectable five and three at home, but there really is no home advantage for them here. And you know, I don't really. It sounds weird, but I don't think Andrew Luck's presence means three and a half points to this line. And I was on Indianapolis before, and I'm still going to be on Indianapolis after. Couldn't agree more, brother. I'm uh, I'm all the way with you. I think the Chargers pull this one out in the end. Well, but perhaps, I think I but, think okay. I think they win it by a field goal. Everyone's putting the odds against the Colts this season because of Andrew Luck. Look who their coach is, Frank Reich. The guy has engineered the biggest comeback in NFL history and one of the biggest comebacks when he was a college quarterback. Yep, the guy can handle adversity, no problem, man. <laughs> You know I ride with my Arizona Cardinals Most likely I'ma die as an Arizona Cardinal I'm going outside ripping Arizona Cardinals And everywhere I go I rip my Arizona Cardinals Alright, down to the American Southwest Where the Arizona Cardinals take on the hapless Detroit Lions Arizona two and a half point dogs at home I really don't know what to expect in this one There's too many new players for Arizona with a new coach And, well... The Detroit Lions are the Detroit Lions, and they suck. So what do you want? Yeah, this is a tough game. I mean, you got a Heisman-winning quarterback from Oklahoma and Kyler Murray. Obviously. Who's smaller than I am. Yeah, yeah. He's 5'10 with his hair up. But he walks like he's 10 feet tall. Yeah, and bulletproof. And th their, their new coach, uh, Cliff Kingsbury, he was the architect of the highfalutin offense of Texas Tech most recently. So there's a lot of optimism that their offense is really going to pick things up this season how quickly they do that i don't know um now if the two mats from detroit that would be matt patricia and matt stafford can't take advantage of a rookie quarterback and a rookie coach shame on them bill belichick is famous for taking advantage of new coaches and guess what matt patricia learned all his tricks from mr belichick the hoodie okay they, and they still have Kerry dude, johnson dude right? What? Stop talking about the fucking Belichick coaching tree. They haven't what? done shit. And he coaches um, Detroit. Matt Stafford yeah, is the king of throwing for 400 yards in a loss. Well, that's because he's always playing catch up. Yeah. Now they always play catch up because they defense. suck. And, and, a, and, a, and they got a legitimate running back and carry on Johnson, who was the first guy to run over 100 yards since 
Barry Sanders. Uh, no, probably. There, no, no, there was, oh, who was it? There was someone else that did it in between. Ah, oh, it'll come to me. But yeah, pretty much since the Barry Sanders era, um, this is the first guy that they've had as a legitimate feature back. So it sounds to me like you're taking Detroit, and this is very upsetting to me, Andy. <laughs> Dude, it's Arizona. Like, okay, their best, their best receiver. You know what? I should have, I should have done this. I didn't do it earlier because I didn't think about it. So yeah, make fun of me all you want in the comment sections of this. But I'd like to see what Detroit's. Uh, record is when they got to go all the way to the West Coast and play in the afternoon well, game. Dude, I'm telling you, man, they're going to suck. They're going to show up and they're going to stink. Arizona could score like 10 points. They're going to win this game. I think that Arizona will score about 10 points. Um, but I think Detroit's going to score about 17. So I got that going. Which is nice. All right, on to uh, Tampa Bay, where they play host to your San Francisco 49ers. Tampa Bay, one-point favorites, so pretty much a pick em. Uh But can you really have a pick when Jameis Winston's your quarterback? Because that guy couldn't hit sand if he fell off a camel. Well, no, he could hit someone, but it would be someone wearing the other team's jersey. Yeah, it would probably be an Uber driver if he's going to hit someone. There, he's 100%. Right in the crotch. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Oh. Um, oh! So Tampa Bay now has um, the head coach from the aforementioned Arizona Cardinals in Bruce Arians. And if you forget who that guy is, he's the septuagenarian that wears the Kangle. So he can identify with the players. He knows what's hip, man. Now here's a group that was established in 1909. <laughs> I hate modern music. No, but honestly, he was the bane of our existence for quite a few years. He just had a, a way of figuring out our team, and you know he would not take his foot off the gas. Uh, he was out to embarrass. Um, I don't think he's got quite the quality of, of team around him to do that, but I'm going to go back to the, the same thing I said about Miami and Jacksonville. Teams from Florida just do well in September, and yeah, it's my 49ers. They're coming across the field, or sorry, they're coming across the entire U.S., and Jimmy Garoppolo had a really bad game in the preseason. A and couple, went, a couple one, one really for bad six games. And ended up with a 0.0 quarterback rating. But then the next game he came out and he threw for a touchdown and was 14 for 20. So he's got a lot of rust to get off of him. And I think they get off to a slow start. And I think at the end of the day, probably Tampa Bay is going to win by about a field goal. I know I'm I'm hurting to say this too, buddy, but I think Tampa Bay takes this. But I think yeah. if they played this game six, seven games into the regular season, mm-hmm. I think it's a completely different story. Yeah, no, absolutely. And as much as it pains me to go against my own Niners, uh, I just don't see them winning this one off the bat. Hey, hey, let's go. New England Patriots. New England. We got a classic Sunday night matchup for you here with uh, huge AFC rivals. New England 
taking on Pittsburgh. This one is at Gillette Stadium in New England. New England also sitting at five and a half point favorites. Uh, I don't like how Pittsburgh lost AB, uh, lost a little on their old line. Their defense isn't quite what it was. Uh, I don't see, and, and also, I hate betting against New England at home. For God's sakes. Like, for yeah. whatever reason, that team just, no matter who it is, it's next man up. I, I, I can't stand the Patriots, yet I have a ton of respect for them. It's a yeah. weird, no. conflicting feeling. No, I've got the same one. Um, this actually of all the games on the docket this week, this was the toughest one for me to pick. I think with Pittsburgh going from the three B's to the one B this season, they got rid of some dead weight. And I think that that's probably going to help them. There's no more distractions in the locker room. Juju Sushit Smith is still an awesome wide receiver. James Conner can pound the ball. I really don't think their offset offensive line dropped off that much. Um, I don't. And, you know, normally when they play the Patriots. By the way, here's a weird, at, here's a weird stat. To the Patriots, right? But they've had, they've had an entire month to prepare for it. Here's, now, a, here's a crazy stat for you real quick before you go on. Is that mm-hmm. Ben Roethlisberger this year could set the career record for times being sacked. And he'll be doing it in somewhere around the neighborhood of 4,000 less drawbacks, dropbacks than Brady. Wow. That is obscene. That is obscene. Well, here's another stat about Big Ben. Uh, when he's on the road, this is career stats. Oh, he's a road uh, warrior. Well, no, his touchdown interception ratio is about one to one on the road. Where when he gets back into Pittsburgh, it's three to one, and that's a huge differential. Um, but let's be honest, Brady and Belichick have absolutely owned Tomlin and Roethlisberger. Yeah, all um, day. Now, the only thing that concerns me about the Pats, obviously, there's no Gronk, but we knew that. But their center, David Andrews, suffered a blood clot last month. And he had been there on, he would had been Brady's center since 2015. And there's only one guy in the field that touches the ball in every play, and that's the center. So, yeah, and, and you cannot discount the relationship between a center and a quarterback. No, no, not at all. So, I mean, I'm looking for at least one connection to go awry. Maybe it's a fumble, maybe it's a recovered fumble. I don't know. Um, but you can expect to see something. Uh, a little nasty up on the on the front of the line, but the other thing too, though, the and I've made this analogy before. The Patriots they don't mug you at gunpoint, okay? Like some teams do, they just slowly pick your pockets, and you don't. Yep. And before you know, they're up by three, they're up by they're up by seven, they're up by ten, and then before you know it, you're three scores down. And as long as this is under a touchdown, I've got to go with New England. Yeah. I know some some seasons they can be slow starters. Yeah, they, until yeah. they until they show me otherwise, they're the champs. And uh, to be the to beat the champ, you gotta own the champ. And I don't think yeah. that Pittsburgh is gonna own New England in New England on the first week of the season. I'm taking the Pats. As sad as that makes my heart, uh, and I will have to agree. Wide open in the end zone, touchdown Patriots! Beautiful pass by Tom Brady. Yeah, Brady! He's awesome! I can't believe Giselle gets to sleep with him. got a double header for Monday Night Football, and the first game is in Nolens 
as the Saints seven-point favorites against the Houston Texans. Houston seems to be doing the tank for Tua with their front office moves over the last uh, well, few weeks. Well, I, I can explain that. Uh, the reason why their front office seems like it doesn't know what they're doing, it's because they don't have a front office or they don't have a general manager right now. So when you have guys like Clowney going out the door for, um, let's was see. Fourth or fifth? Uh, something. It was something No, stupid. they were giving, was- oh, who did the Seahawks? Oh, they gave up Bercavius Mingo, a young player not even established in the NFL, and Jacob Martin, a third-round draft pick, which is likely what they've got as compensation if Connie walked after the 2019 season. So they essentially got nothing for him. He goes out the door just because he wanted to. And what are they left? Well, they're left with uh, a J.J. Watt, and they're left with uh, Merciless. They still got a great defense. They so, do. Uh, and last I checked, they still have Will Fuller and DeAndre Hopkins. There's a double uh, double threat for Deshaun Watson there at the outside. Um, now, they did lose Mark Ingram, which hurts, but they got Latavius Murray, uh, obviously a downgrade to a to a degree, but Alvin Kamara is still there for New Orleans. Um, I, I like you know the what? big easy here, man. They still got a guy named Drew Brees at quarterback, and just like Brady, until he shows me otherwise, he's the man. And uh, he's got a great receiving core. Uh, New Orleans, as the year went on last year, their defense got a lot more competitive as well. As uh, the first few weeks of the season last year, they stunk, but yep. they really tightened stuff up, and it got them all the way to the uh, NFC Championship game. And they were within a hair's breadth of winning it. Now I know a lot of teams that uh, lose in the championship game end up not making the playoffs the next year. I don't see New Orleans as one of those barring injury to Breeze and uh, New Orleans at home. That is one of the like the Superdome is one of the biggest home field advantages in all of professional sports. I don't disagree. I, uh, I like thinking, I like the Saints here. I think they're going to go marching in. I think um, if you recall, Houston won their last 10 games in the regular season of last year. They did. Uh, they started off really slowly, but they once they found their groove, um, there was no stopping them. And I was picking against them almost every week, thinking that the wheels had to fall off at some time, and they didn't. Um, I'm actually going to take Houston with the seven points here. The autumn wind is a pirate, blustering in from sea. With a rollicking song, he sweeps along, swaggering boisterously. His face is weather-beaten. He wears a hooded sash with a silver hat about his head and a bristling black mustache. And we go to the Bay Area where we've got an AFC West matchup, and that is the uh, Oakland Raiders taking on the Denver Broncos. Uh, Oakland one-point underdogs at home, and uh, the autumn wind... Now seems like it's more like uh, the autumn fart. Well, I, you know, John Gruden is such a great evaluator of talent. It's, it's fascinating that he was able to get uh, Nathan Peterman still available. Oh, it's amazing. And the, the fact that uh, he, you know, he knew he didn't need Khalil Mack no, or, no. or Amani Cooper for that matter. Why would you need those guys? No, you, you don't. You don't. And um, we've established last year in uh, last season's podcast that, uh, Carr is the third best car. He's not even the best car. He's not the best guy named Carr. No, it's because yeah. Derek Carr and Eric Carr are better than him. 
David Carr. Or pardon me, David, David Carr. And his Eric, brother. David his Carr. brother is better. And the and best Carr is obviously Eric Carr, ex-drummer from Kiss. Correct. Yes. Correct. So we, we've established we that. Established so that. they've got the third best Carr and Antonio Brown, who may or may not have a helmet come game time. Okay. Well, let's. Okay. So let's pretend. Well, we don't have to pretend. There hasn't been one snap from center in the regular season yet. And Antonio Brown has had problems with frozen feet. He comes to, he arrives in training camp in a hot air balloon. He's had obviously those helmet issues. And now he's got two team fines for $54,000 for missing practice. Uh, this is Chucky's problem now. And Chucky wanted this. Chucky? <gasps> Chucky, Chucky? Yeah, which is the most Raiders thing ever. The fact that all these problems are happening, they haven't even played a regular season snap yet. This yeah. is the most Raiders. It's a good thing they're on hard knocks because that's See, all that all that drama. That's yeah. good for TV, but bad for football. Now, this line actually started at minus two for Oakland and, and now is at plus one. So that's three point swing. Uh, Denver obviously picked up uh, Joe Flacco. Um, I know you're not a big fan of the Flack. Joe Flacco uh, sucks. He is not an elite quarterback. Let me repeat that again. He is not an elite quarterback. No, he's not, but he does have a Super Bowl ring and he's, he's better got a than Brock Osweiler. Last they checked, they still have Emmanuel Sanders on the outside. They do. Um now let's talk about their defense because they not still to have Miller F- and Philip Lindsay as well. I mean And Philip Lindsay, yeah. Yeah. And then their 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 defense is still tight with with Miller and Chubb, two of the league's best linebackers. Um I think you know where I'm going with this. Um I'm going to be taking the Broncos. Yeah. I'm with you, man. I, I, I'm not a big fan of Flacco, but uh, when you've got the third best car, an offense in turmoil, and who knows what they got for defense in Oakland. Uh, Denver Broncos all the way in this one. Yep. Please hang up and try again. time for fantasy time with the commish uh for those who don't know uh you know i i have a commissioner for my fantasy football league and uh, every now and then he likes to come by and uh chat fantasy football now presumably your drafts have already taken place the smack talk has begun and now people are considering whom to activate on a weekly basis so mr commish of the big names like antonio brown Le'Veon bell joe flacco on the move this offseason, which one will have the greatest fantasy impact early in the season? Hello, boys. Well, isn't that the question everybody's asking? And for my money, it's Le'Veon Bell. He took the year off in 2018 because of his contract dispute, but now he's back. But this time it's with the Jets instead of the Steelers. You've got to hope the time off and a change in venue doesn't ruin Bell's incredible fantasy value, but still... Have some caution with this guy. It's understandable if you wanted to draft him in the first round, which will likely be his average draft position, but I really consider him more of a round two pick. He's still worth drafting in the top 15 overall if you can get him, but he could struggle with the Jets. The new coach doesn't seem thrilled to have him there. He doesn't have the same supporting cast that made him great in Pittsburgh, which included quarterback Ben Roethlisberger, a lock for the Hall of Fame, a standout offensive line, and a bunch of other elite weapons. Now, the Jets are on the rise with Sam Donaldson, but Bell is older and has got to get his game back in shape from his time off. Now, my hope is that Bell 
is the same dominant force he was prior to 2018. He averaged 22.7 points per game in 2017 and 26.3 in 2016. He might be a lesser version of himself now. Just understand, there is risk, but of the big three, I think he is the one to watch that's going to give you the most points. Although early in the year, who do you like for a good sleeper pick or two based on what you saw in the preseason? My number one sleeper pick for sure this season is Devin Singletary of the Buffalo Bills. The Bills made a couple of shock waves Saturday morning when they decided to cut LaShawn McCoy, apparently out of nowhere, parting ways with the veteran after four seasons with the team. Now, this move has opened up the door for the other running backs to get more playing time. The primary beneficiary should be Singletary, third-round pick at a Florida Athletic who's been lighting it up during the preseason. Singletary's showing in the preseason, along with being frugal is one of the main reasons Buffalo ownership was comfortable cutting McCoy. Singletary is going to have to compete for snaps with Frank Gore and TJ Yeldon. Now Gore is 36 years old. He's been steadily declining in recent years and is coming off his worst statistical season since his rookie year back in 2005. He played only 14 games for the Dolphins, rushed just 156 times for 722 yards and zero touchdowns. Don't expect Buffalo's coaching staff to lean any heavier on their old offseason acquisition, the Miami did, which means Singletary should be in line for a heavier workload now that McCoy is out of the picture. Yeldon has a specific niche to fill in Buffalo's offense as a pass-catching third-down back, something he did during his first four seasons in the league with the Jaguars. So realistically, it looks like Singletary and Gore are going to compete for early down snaps at the start of the campaign. Yeldon's going to get the majority of the third downs. If Singleton shows out during his time on the field... It's hardly going to be a surprise to see him overtake Gore and make huge fantasy impacts in the back half of the 2019 season. What first round picks are overrated or likely to be a bust? Well, you hate to kick a kid while he's down, and I know he just got himself a thumb injury, but let's talk about Denver Broncos. Drew Locke is a bust. Let's get out of the way. I like Drew Locke, and it's for a lot of the reasons a lot of NFL evaluators did too. He's big, he's got a huge arm, a ton of college starts, and he's had very good success in a conference known for its defense in the SEC. Here's the thing, though, and this is what really matters, especially considering he's got a thumb injury right now. He's not accurate. Just not at all. In four years, basically all starting in Missouri, he never completed more than 62.9% of his passes in a season and only eclipsed the 60% mark once. He did that despite having favorable offenses to do it in, good talent around him, and honestly a weaker division to exploit. The SEC East has had very good teams in recent years, but it's also had Tennessee, Vanderbilt, South Carolina, and Kentucky wasn't particularly good until recently. Could Locke be really good? Absolutely. He's got all the tools to be really good. But the fact that the NFL does not get any easier, it gets more difficult and Locke's accuracy probably won't improve in tougher environments with more complex defenses. For DFS listeners, are there any week one player combos that they should consider sacking? Hang on, let me say that again. For DFS listeners, are there any week one player combos that they should consider stacking? I'm going to give you a risky one to stack this week. Heavy rains predicted in Cleveland makes this kind of risky, but potentially great Tyrod Taylor and Javaris Landry, Browns versus Steelers. 
I love the spot and price point for the new Browns tandem of Taylor and Landry. Taylor has been a cash game hero the last few seasons with his rushing ability that we're looking for in cash game formats. Landry projects to be the clear top receiving option for the Browns heading into week one with Josh Gordon dealing with a sore hamstring after missing the majority of training camp. We project Landry for nine targets in this matchup with the Steelers. The Browns head into this matchup as a four-point home underdog, so we should have zero concerns about the game script turning against the Browns' passing attack. Now, for those of you that are just joining our podcast, uh, we started a new segment last year whereby uh, Andy makes a recommendation on a point total, a proposition bet, and finally a teaser. We call it Andy's Total Prop Tease. It was a huge success last year. Andy was over 80% on it. So <laughs> that's amazing when you come to betting stats. Uh, so we invite you, our listeners, to do the same thing on our Facebook fan page. A successful total prop tease is any combo that hits two out of the three. So take out your Swami hat, Mr. Prognosticator, and give us your week one thoughts. Well, as we mentioned in the Tampa Bay-San Francisco game, um, there's going to be a little rest on Jimmy G and a lot of inconsistency with Mr. Winston. Uh, the total sitting at 51, which I think is a bit high, so for the, uh, the total part of our total properties, we're going to take the under 51 in that game. Uh, the proposition bet that I want to look at right now uh, takes place in the Pacific West in Seattle. Uh, Chris Carson, the running back, took over 76 yards rushing. The Bengals were 29th against the rush last year. Really didn't improve on that much in the offseason. Um, their defense has more gaps than a Michael Strahan photo album. So oh, look for Carson to go over 76 yards. <laughs> dude that michael strahan blast just made my day good morning america How are you? Uh, all right I, I, I thought you'd like that um and lastly our teaser we've got the carolina panthers uh right now sitting at plus two and a half so add six points to that and you go through two king numbers of three and seven putting them at eight and a half uh pittsburgh who should keep it relatively close uh not embarrass themselves in new england um, take that five and a half point spread and put it up to 11 and a half again, going through the two key numbers of seven and 10. So summarize San Francisco, Tampa Bay under 51, Chris Carson of the Seahawks to go over 76 yards rushing. And the teaser is the Panthers and the Steelers. Well, thank you very kindly for listening to episode one of Almost Wise Guys this NFL season. If you like what you heard, make sure you hit the subscribe button on iTunes or SoundCloud so you don't miss a show. You can also hit us up on our Facebook fan page for additional content and picks from all week one games across the NFL. Thanks to the commish for his insights and a special thank you to Dave Ward for our retro 80s theme song. From the Cosa Nostra Studios, for Andy the Prognosticator Attridge, back at Almost Wise Guys Central, I'm Matty Buller. Get out and pick yourself a winner. If you liked our podcast, please share it with a friend. If you hated it, please share it with two enemies. Tune in next week at the same bet time on the same bet channel. Sayonara. Just relax your
Just really 